problem. In the first part of the service, at some point, Josh is going to get up and run back there. So uh, that's, what, uh, that's what will happen. Oh, you're going to go first, just in case? All right, there we go. All right, awesome. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, we are in uh, the story of Moses, the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're actually in the life of Moses. We're, we're stuck right now at Sinai. Uh, we've been there for a while. We're going through each one of the commandments. Um, in the Jewish world, they're known as ten words. We're taking one word, one principle from each one of the commandments, which transcends both the Old and the New Testament and applying it to our own lives. So uh, here's where we are so far. Uh, I am the Lord. God wants to be the authority in your life. Um, you're gonna, either you're going to be the authority or God's going to be the authority. It's your choice. Then God says, I am the Lord. I want to be your authority. Um, secondly, he says, no other gods before me. God sets it up and says, look, I want to be the center. I don't just want to be the authority. I want to be the center of everything that you do. And we use that illustration of a wheel. Um, then God said, uh, he, uh, the third commandment was, um, you'll not take my, my name in vain. The idea was that God's name and his reputation is up here. You don't want to do anything to bring God down to our level. Um, we, we want to keep God high and exalted where he needs to be. And so his reputation is something that we go out and take into the community every single week. Then we talked about the idea that remember the Sabbath, the idea that there's a rhythm, there's a pattern of life, there's day and night, there's, there's uh, seasons of, of rest, there, there's a season of rest, there's, there's a, a day every week that you need to pull aside and say, I'm going to focus on God, I'm going to focus on creation, I'm going to focus on that which God has given me, I'm going to worship God. We talked about the need for that. Then we talked about the last six commandments deal with man and relationships to men. And he pivots it all by the, the relationship of honor to our parents. And he talks about the idea that it's important that you and I learn to honor the parents that we've been given. And that that's pivotal to understanding the rest of the relationship. And then he, we started getting back into all of the rest of the commandments, basically dealing with uh, uh, relationship to man. Um, the idea of um, not murder. Um, that Every person that we have come in contact with, every eyeball you see, has value to God. And so we need to give people the proper value um, in the way that we respond to them. We talked about the idea of adultery, and it's the idea of what you love. And it's easy to love something or someone instead of God. We talked about it in a spiritual sense as well as a physical sense. Um, and then last week we talked about the idea of you, we will not steal. And we our word was generous. It's not about necessarily taking something as much as it is about giving. And we talked about how God's world versus Satan's world. Satan's world is a world in which uh, Satan steals, kills, and destroys. God's world is a world of generosity. And so we talked about the idea that we need to be generous people in our time, our resources, our talents, um, and, um, and, and, and the things that, that God has given us. Along the same lines this morning, you're going to see a large contrast between God's world and Satan's world. Because often in the Ten Commandments, you see these two opposites balancing themselves out. So this morning, here's the commandment. It's the ninth commandment. You shall not give false witness testimony against your neighbor. Um, we're talking here about lying. Uh, we're talking here about that, that concept of lying. Now look, this is a big issue. This is a big issue in 2020. We're heading into an election year, an election season. Um, and so one of the things that you're starting to see already is 
this ad saying this person did this, and this ad comes out saying, no, I didn't do that, and then this person says, yes, you did, and then it's all this, this constant thing about what's You're watching constantly. Do you ever remember, prior to the last four years, have you ever heard the term fake news? I, you know, all of a sudden now, that why that's fake and that's real and that's not and that's not. that's what's so frustrating about this whole COVID thing right now. Who's telling the truth? And what is the truth? Just just tell me. Every you know, everybody get on the same page and come up with one statement. That's what's frustrating us right now, right? You don't know what to believe. You don't know what's true and what's false. You don't know what's a lie and what's what's a fabrication. I personally think. We're so far down, we've gone down certain paths that we're so far down that we can't even tell the truth if we wanted to tell the truth. I really do. I believe that's where we are as a society. Because, you know, you know yes, yes on mass, no on mass. Do mass protect, do mass uh, keep other people from getting it. Six feet. Why six feet? You know, I know why. Okay, because I looked it up finally. It drove me great, you know. Uh, used to be three feet. Then there was a study on a plane and it went to six feet. And one of the more recent studies said 21 feet. Get on the same page, people. Get on the same page. Why? Because we don't know what's true. And that is very, very frustrating. Because all we want is somebody to tell us the truth. I don't care what the truth is at this point. Just tell me the truth. You know, I mean, this past week in our county, what happened? All of a sudden now we've changed the terminology on how we're reporting stuff. Now it is not hospitalizations with COVID. Now there is, and finally, again, you're being truthful now, and this is what I appreciate. Now you're saying hospitalizations due to COVID. Those are two very different numbers. And so all of a sudden now we're starting to play this game and, and get through and it's so frustrating. Why? Because we want truth, right? We want truth. What this passage is about is about being people of truth. As Christians, we need to be people of truth. That, that's, what, that's, that's the application for this. So let's walk through it all. Let's understand it. Jewish perspective, Old Testament perspective, Bible perspective, and then we're going to look at practical application uh, from a Jewish perspective. You need to understand, in the Jewish world, truth was a big deal. And court... If you were to speak false witness against someone, and it could be proven in court, in the Jewish world, you receive the same penalty as the other person who was being tried. So in the Jewish world, let's say, um, you know, let's go back to last week when we talked about the stealing idea. Um, in the Jewish world, let's say somebody was on trial, and if they got convicted, they were going to have to pay back fivefold. Uh, because they took, five, they took an oxen and they have to pay back five full oxen. And I went and I testified and I lied about them and it was found out. Now, not only do they have to pay off five oxen, I have to pay off five oxen because I lied. That's how the Jewish world saw it. Okay? So this was a big, even our own Supreme Court um, in 1998, what was it they said? Um, they said there were two ways. They said, um, um, oh, hang on a second. Where did they say that? Uh, oh yeah, there it is. Two options to speak. You have two options in court: to speak the truth or to not speak. 
you know, we call that incriminating yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it might incriminate me. You have that right, and you, but you also have the right to speak truth. But you don't have the right to speak lies um, is kind of where we are. So uh, let's just talk about from a biblical perspective, because anytime we get into this, there's a lot of issues that come up. What about the Bible people who lied and got away with it? In some cases, it was actually blessed. Example, we're in the life of Moses. Moses is alive because Shifra and Pua lied to the Pharaoh when they said, uh, when we get there, the kids are already born. Abraham lies about Sarah and, and, and gets away with it. And I think there's a price to be paid in the family later. Um, you have situations where Jonathan lies about David to Saul. You have a situation where Rahab, the harlot, lies about the two spies that she said. So how come God doesn't deal with them? And yet, when you get to the New Testament, you have Ananias and Sapphira, who lied about how much money they were, gave, so that they seemed more generous, and God struck them dead immediately. So what's the balance here? Here's, here's an observation, okay? One of the observations you see is that in those biblical stories where it doesn't seem like God judges them, one of the consistent things that you find in those stories is this idea. It was either a time of war or someone's life was at stake. In every one of those situations, Abraham, had Abraham not lied, they would have killed Sarah. Had Rahab not lied, they would have killed the spies. Had um, Jonathan not lied, they would have killed David. Uh, in, in those situations, you seem, or, or it's a time of war, you seem to find that as the constant there. In other situations where that's not the constant, you see this God, like Ananias and Sapphira, boom, they're gone, it's over. So you, you see that issue. Uh, one issue that comes up with parents, uh, those of you that have little kids, what about childhood stories? should always tell my kid the truth. Jack and the Beanstalk is not real. Snow White never had seven dwarfs. You know, what about children? What, how, how do we do with that in children? Let, let me just say this. When you, when you study childhood development, here's what you'll find. You'll find that storytelling triggers a creative response in children that is really important for their growth. Okay? I, I, I have yet to meet an adult who says, I hate my parents because I found out Jack and the Beanstalk wasn't true. There's a creative element that comes with some of those kinds of things. Do I see that necessarily as, as lying to my children, no, th that Jack didn't have a real beanstalk? No. You know. Now, if I'm going to try to convince you as a 40-year-old that Jack and the Beanstalk is a real story, then we've got an issue probably. But you, you see what I'm saying? There's some, some common sense kind of stuff that comes with this as well. So I, I think you have to look at that. Let's look at the scriptures and see what um, uh, the teaching of scripture is. Uh, here's where you go. Um, uh, John 8. Listen to what, uh, listen to what Jesus says. Um, Jesus talks about this idea of you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. So he's talking about Satan now. He was a murderer from the beginning. We talked about this, you know, uh, earlier. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, 
he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So you have to understand this idea of lying, this idea of being deceitful, is sourced in Satan. I mean, that's, that's who it all comes from. Okay? Um, that is where it is. Now listen to what Jesus says. Um, John 1, the word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and is dwelling among, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the, only, the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, just like the stealing versus generous, you have a contrast. Lying versus truth. Satan's world is a world of lies. God's world is a world of truth. You and I have to decide which world we want to be a part of. Which world do we want to be associated with? Um, it's, it's important because Satan constantly, and this is what you got to get, Satan constantly deceives you. He doesn't show you the full price. Um, and so he lays it out. So Jesus says, look, he is full of grace and truth. Uh, let me throw you, I, I was going to go through all these verses, but to read them all uh, was going to take too long. Just let me hit some highlights for you, okay? John 16, the Spirit will guide you in all truth. You, you force up against a situation where you don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct you into that which is the right decision, Okay? He lives inside of you. He, he wants to guide you in truth. Satan wants to sell you a lie. So God will guide you. Listen to what Romans 1. Romans 1 talks about the world um, that, that Satan controls and actually where we as a culture ultimately are heading as we go forward. And that's where it talks about all those the things that are going to happen. Here's what it says. He has changed the truth into a lie and they worship the creature more than the creator. You don't think that's the world we're in? Where what happens? It's all about what you think. It's all about what you feel. It's all about what, how you think it should happen. It's not about what the Creator says. It's about what you perceive. You become the ultimate. You become the authority. You become the center of your life. He said that's where the world's headed. And if you look at what's happening in the world right now, that's where we are. Notice what he also says, 1 Timothy he talks about the idea that when we're saved, when we become a Christian, we come to the knowledge of the truth. All of a sudden now, things start becoming clearer. Things start making sense. He talks about the idea in Ephesians 6, when he talks about the armor of God. Your loins, your, 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 your internal protective stuff, is all protected by what? Truth. What does God say? Not what do you think, not how do you feel, what does God say? What is the truth of God's word and whatever it is you're trying to figure out right now? And then he talks about the idea of John 8, the truth will set you free. Um, there's more to be, there's, there's so much packed into that little passage right there about really being truthful and, and, and coming up with this issue of truth. And I think it's important. I think it's important for us as we deal with um, our kids and things like that um, to emphasize this idea of, of being truthful. I'm not suggesting this, but I think it's a great idea. Um, there, there, there was a, <laughs> a story of parents. They're trying to convince their kid to tell the truth and why it was important to tell the truth. Because the kid was always lying, and they were always catching the kid in the lie. So the mom said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Sat down with the kid and said, at the beginning of the week, said, here's what we're going to do. This week, sometimes I'm going to tell you the truth, sometimes I'm going to lie. 
and you don't get to know which one's which. And the kid's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So that morning, she said, uh, Mom said, hey, want to pick you up from school? We're going for ice cream today. Kid gets in the car after school. Okay, Mom, we're going for ice cream. Oh, no, that was a lie. The mom did this for like three, four days. Finally, the kid goes, Mom, stop it. I get it. I get it, okay? I got to tell you the truth from now on. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm not suggesting that as a parenting thing, but I wish you would have thought of it. Um, uh, but, I mean, honestly, it, it's that kind of thing where all of a sudden it's like, because, again, and kids hear me, just because you got away with a lie immediately does not mean that was the best thing for you. Um, one of the things that, that you're going to see in the children of Israel as we keep going in this story is, one of the worst punishments God can give Israel is to let them get away with what they get away with. Because they think getting away with it means it was approval. And, and so I have parents, and, and I'm just going to talk to parents right now, but, but I have parents who, you know, it's like, well, if you tell me the truth, then nothing, then I won't punish you. No, don't go down that road. I always told my kids, if you tell me the truth, it's not going to be as bad as if I find out otherwise. Why? Because you want a punishment associated with a lie. You want discipline associated with a lie. Why? Because if they don't get that now, when they get into the real world, it can have huge consequences. There are CEOs that have lost their job because of a lie that they wrote on an application 15 years ago. When they said they had this experience and they didn't. That has serious implications on it. So, so be careful there. Be careful there. And unfortunately, we're in a situation where our culture does not value truth. We don't. We don't. We want people to be truthful, but we don't believe that leaders and other people have to be truthful with us. And so we have this whole world that we're trying to live in. So let's just talk about it for us in, a, in kind of a practical sense. So um, what does it mean for us this week? So, so how do we learn to be people who are truthful people? Uh, what is all involved with that? Here's the first thing. You've got to be transparent. Um, I, I work in a glass world. That's my hobby. That's what I love. Um, and one of the things that, so whether it be a stained glass window or whether it be a blown glass piece or uh, um, a fused glass piece where we're trying to design, the first, one of the first questions we ask when we get ready to, is, is what do we want this piece to do? Okay. Um, so one of the things that you have to ask yourself is, does this piece, is this a transparent piece or is this an opaque piece? And let me give it to you this way. When, when we first got into this, we did, the first two windows that we did were um, windows that went upstairs in our house, stained glass windows. One was of a lighthouse and one was of a ship sailing to a lighthouse. So if you look at the front of our house, one has the lighthouse and one has the ship sailing towards it. And the problem was we didn't want to be able to see through those because when you look through those windows, you saw the eave thing. So we wanted those windows to be opaque. So it's all solid color glass. You can't see through that window. That, that, that was done. Then my wife said, okay, any more windows you do in the house, got to be transparent. Got to be able to see through them. Um, and so in my office, I have a window that, that looks into a storage room. 
well, I don't want you to look through the glass and see the storage room. I want you to see the windows. So it's all opaque. It's all darker colors. It's all solid colors so that the light hits it and it shines and all that kind of thing. But in the front of our house, it's all bevels because bevels reflect the light and stuff like that. One of the things that you have to ask yourself in the, in, in the glass world is this. How transparent do I want this piece to be? How much do I want to allow the light through the piece? Or do I want to block it? This is what I would say to you. As a Christian, we want to be transparent. We want the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who's in our heart, to shine to everyone. So therefore, we don't want to put things in front of us that are going to cloud that image, that are going to make it fuzzy. We want the light of Christ to be able to shine. Um, that, by the way, that's one of the issues right now that I see with this whole mask thing. When I wear a mask, I cover my expression. The bottom line is, I could be sticking my tongue out at you. And you don't know that. Why? Because, because I'm not transparent. And they actually figured this out now. Because now they actually have masks that have like these see-through window deal. Um, that, 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 so that people can read your lips. Because that's another issue is, is, is being able to hear people and, 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 and all that. And so, why? Because we've realized that, you know what? We communicate with our whole face. And one of the things is, and, and this is kind of, we're in a culture right now that needs the mass thing. I understand that. But you know where we don't need it? In the way Christians live their lives, where they mask off who they are as a Christian to other people. Where they don't allow Christ to shine through in their life. We have to be careful there as Christians. We have to be careful that, that, that we are who we say we are. That there's not a, there's Pastor Jim on Sunday, and then there's Pastor Jim the other five, six days of the week. Um, you know, I, I need to be the same person. That, that's what we call about, that's what we're talking about in transparency. Um, and I have people once in a while, you know, we'll be here and they'll say something, they'll go, oh, you know, I shouldn't say that. And I'm like, wait, 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 be yourself. Be who you are. I don't want to find out, you know, during the week that you're some different person that, you no, know, we want to be the same people, flaws and all. And that's okay. Um, so you have that aspect of it. Um, in the, in the, in the um, Latin world, when they made sculptures, one of the things that's interesting is when they made sculptures and they're, they're chiseling out rock and making sculptures and stuff like that, they would have a, uh, once in a while they'd hit, the rock, and it would chip out a piece that they didn't want chipped out, okay? So what the sculptors would do if they couldn't fix it, they would take wax, and they would fill it in. They'd find wax the same color as the stone, and they would fill it all in, and they would smooth it all over so it looked like part of the statue. And that was great until the statue got out in heat. And then the wax would start to melt, and you would see the flaw. So people started selling statues that were sincere, without wax. So they would sell it saying, this is a sincere statue. This is, this is a sculpture without wax. What you're seeing is what you get. The integrity, if you will, of the piece is solid. And, and, and that's what we need to be. We need to be those kind of people. We need to be those people that when we go out into the world, we are sincere. We are without wax. We, there's, not, there's not this thing where you're going to find out, I'm going to tell you one thing and go do another thing. I'm not going to try to deceive you. 
in the way I do business with you, in the way I talk to you, in the way I act towards you, I'm not going to do that. I am going to be the same person that you, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go behind your back. I'm not going to, that's what we're saying. As Christians, that's the kind of way that, that's the way that we need to live. We need to live in such a way that people see Christ in us and they don't have to sit back and go, oh, oh you know what, oh, here, what, here's what I don't want to hear, okay, as a pastor. What? That person goes to your church? I'd have never believed that. You know, now some of you, they say that, but they, they say that because it's like, well, then you guys aren't a normal church. It's like, yeah, good, you got that part of it, that's right. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's like they have this whole other person out there that everybody else knows. That's not what we want to be. That's not how we want to be as believers, as children of God. We want to be sincere. We want to be transparent. We want Christ to be able to be seen in our lives. And we want to be people of truth. Um, uh, let me talk to you about social media for a second. Listen, you need to be really careful what you share on social media. You need to be careful of cut, copy, and paste. Because think about this for a minute. If people know I'm a Christian, and I want to be able to share the gospel or share something about the, uh, Christ online. And I have posted 15 things that have turned out to be not true or fake or false or things that other people have shared. Where's my testimony? They're like, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, that, oh, that salvation thing, that's just another hobby horse they're on. You know, it's probably not true anyway. All the other stuff they post isn't true. You have to realize that, that even online, your social presence, are you known as a person of truth where the stuff that you put out is true? That's a big deal. You know, go through my Facebook post. Look at how much stuff is on there that's not true. Why? Because my testimony is at stake. My testimony is at stake. So if I'm going to put something out there I want to put something out there that is consistent. Here, here, here's the thing to think about. Would Jesus put it out there? And I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't share this with 20 people, Jesus isn't going to answer your prayer. He's not going to say that. Okay? He's not going to say that kind of stuff. And we just need to stop and think because, listen, we need to be people of truth. Our word is our bond. We say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. This issue of truth also has to be the issue of speaking the truth in love. There are some people that you need to talk to. In a loving way, you speak the truth in love. You speak truth in love. I look at it this way. You ought to be the kind of person that if you've got food on your face, everybody's comfortable telling you that. Really, you know, I got, I got a big old donut piece hanging off the side of my mouth from this morning. I would hope that everyone in here would be able to, hey, Pastor, you probably need to do some of that donut piece hanging in your mouth bag. <laughs> That's the kind of person you want to be, where you're transparent, you're honest, you're open in front of people. People are okay being open and honest with you. The other issue is this. You need to be honest with yourself. This is where we get ourselves in trouble all the time. We're not honest with ourselves. 
We know we're in financial trouble. We won't talk to anybody. We know our marriage is in trouble. We won't talk to anybody. We know we're having trouble with our kids. We won't talk to anybody. Because we're just afraid of what they're going to think or what they're going to say. Are we people of truth or not? Do we care for one another or not? Do we help one another or not? Do we come alongside each other or not? That's what we're talking about. We want to be people. This is about so much more than just not lying. This is about being people of truth. In one of the last books of the Bible, um, which is Revelation, but before Revelation, there's three little books written by John. Listen to what he says. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth. In one of the last books that he writes before Revelation, here's what he says. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. He's stuck on an aisle at Patmos. He's about ready to come to the end of his life. And he says, you know what brings me the greatest joy? When I hear about people that I've ministered to and they're still walking with God. They're still plugging away at him. One of the things as a pastor that brings me some of the greatest joy in my life is I'm fortunate enough that people that we were allowed to minister to when they were kids or when they were teenagers are now bringing up their kids, their teenagers, in the same way with the same principles and we're watching them walk in truth. And I'm telling you something, there's nothing that will do your heart better than that. And that's the prayer. Every grandparent, every parent, every great-grandparent that I know, that's their prayer for their kids and their grandkids. Is that they walk in truth. And I, and I want to challenge you. If, if we want them to walk in truth, we need to set the example. And we need to be people of truth. So this week, when you're tempted, when you're tested, when there's an opportunity to lie, when there's an opportunity to lie to yourself, when, you're, when, when there's an opportunity to try to push that aside, please, 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 be honest with yourself. Be transparent. Be sincere. Do what you need to do to be the person God wants you to be. So I end this morning with this. As Christians, we have to be people of truth. We walk in truth this week with our words and our actions. Sincerity, transparency, integrity need to be a part of our life this week. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, it's easy sometimes to fudge things here and there. It's easy, Lord, to not value truth. It's easy, Lord, sometimes to push aside things that we know we need to deal with. Or it's easy sometimes to hide or to mask stuff that, uh, Lord, uh, we're just afraid of what people are going to think, what people are going to say. But, Lord, help us to be people who are honest and open and sincere and trustworthy. And, Lord, use us. As we deal with other people, may they be able to see Christ in us. May they be able to see that you are the reason that we do what we do. And Lord, may they see you in us, these things we ask in your name.